finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. You may not know this about me, Ironhead. I'm pretty sure you don't. But uh, in a previous life, many, many years ago, I was a, uh, I worked at a gas station. I worked at a number of gas stations. Is what I did in high school and through college. And uh, I, you know, I, I made it all the way up to, you know, night manager. I used to run the place at uh, nights and weekends. And um, I'm, I mean, I knew what I was doing. I was, I was a pretty good gas station attendant. I had a jumpsuit and a hat and everything and ran the credit cards and I'd put the little stick in the ground and measure the, uh, how much gas we had, how much gas we needed. The truck drivers would come in and give me the, the invoice. And uh, I, for a while there, I watched the owner, a guy named Walt McDonough. He was a tough, he was a hard guy. I mean, he was a hard working guy, tough guy. And I said, you know, that looks like a pretty good way to make a living. You own a couple of gas stations, you work hard, maybe you do oil changes in the bays. And uh, the, the, the people I observed were just red blooded Americans. Some of them were mom and pop operations. Uh, mostly guy would own one, maybe two or three gas stations. The guy I worked for owned four gas stations and moved me around to the, to the various gas stations, but they were just good, honest, hardworking people, the managers, the owners, the other, the, the other, the competitors in the neighborhood. I never looked at the guy like that. I still don't when I'm at a gas station and say, gee, it's their fault. It's his fault that the gas prices are going up. By the way, when I started pumping gas, the gas was uh, 60 cents a gallon, 59.9. And you know why I remember that? Because it was the exact same price as the cigarettes in the machine. We had a cigarette machine, 60 cents for a pack of smokes. That's how times have changed. Now it's whatever, 12 bucks for a pack. What is it for a pack of cigarettes, Greg? What's the number? 870. 870. Well, it was 60 cents when I started pumping gas. But it just seemed like a good, honest way to make a living. It was something people needed. It was obviously it's going to it's it's not going away. People are going to need petrol for forever. I mean, we have cars. Doesn't matter what these clowns in the White House say. People aren't going to go out and buy electric cars. They're going to continue to use their gas powered cars. They like them. They like their trucks. This, I, I hesitate to say a new low with Joe Biden because today's a new day. But this guy who is a multi-multi-millionaire whose family has been r- traveling around the globe, stealing it, grabbing it with both hands, selling influence to him in various countries we know, in Ukraine, in China, in Kazakhstan. I mean, he's, he's got mansions all over Delaware. He is fabulously wealthy. Never actually had a real job in his life. Has been uh, on the public dole forever for 50 years. And he's fabulously wealthy. We see the, you know, the, the, one of the beach houses he goes to every weekend and his family, his brother, his son, they're, they're all a bunch of crooks and they are rolling in it. That guy decided yesterday that it's the guy who owns the gas station down the corner. The guy who uh, makes about, I'm going to say a penny, a gallon of profit, maybe two pennies a gallon. Might be, might be more nowadays, might be three pennies a gallon. Much, the guy pumping the gas makes much, much less than the federal government or the state government, which taxes the hell out of that gas and does nothing. The people who run the gas, they show up early, they work hard. And sometimes they just barely scrape by. And this empty husk of a president decided yesterday that the way to stop the rise in gas prices, the way to curb inflation was to order those people to just not make a profit, to just not make a living. I mean, if you, if you, if you lower your gas prices to a point where people would actually notice, they'd make nothing. They would lose money. 
these are just, again, honest, hardworking people. Maybe some people, maybe there's some big conglomerates that own dozens of gas stations, but for the most part, I'll say they own people own one or two or three and, and they hustle to make a living. And the profit they make is minuscule compared to the amount the government steals from consumers per gallon. Uh, and, and, uh, you could talk about oil companies, you know, greedy oil companies. We'll hear that. We know. I just saw Liz Warren, my imp- absolute embarrassment of a senator, talking about price gouging. The oil companies price gouging. How huh, funny they only do that when Joe Biden's in office, huh? They they weren't doing that two years ago when Trump. But they're doing it now just to hurt Joe Biden. Price gouging. Sometimes you should just sit and look at what the federal government, the hoops they make the the oil companies go through just to get this precious commodity out of the earth. It's insane. It's 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 it, it's a concerted effort we know from the federal government, from the Biden regime, to put the oil companies out of business. The the dummy in the White House has let has said as much. He has not been subtle. He's not kept it a secret. They don't want the oil companies to survive. They want, I, I, I sent you that one clip where he flat out says it. He's such a, he's so, I mean, this, this is Joe Biden a couple of years ago. He's repeated it since, but tell me if there's any wiggle room here. Tell me that he can turn around and say, Oh no, I didn't say, I don't want to put the oil companies out of business. You know, I know people uh, don't want to give up their cars. Don't want to give up their, uh, you know, oil. He, they, they don't want to give up air travel. I know that, but this is what he said, candidate Joe Biden. And I guess we give him credit for consistency because he's governed uh, along these same lines. His goal is to hurt, is to is to stop the oil companies from providing us with this wonderful uh, convenience that, that we get in a, in a, from from uh, you know, out of the ground. But let's listen to candidate Joe. Make it clear where he stands on fossil fuels. Uh, but, but, kiddo, I want you to just take a look, okay? You don't have to agree, but I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to clock it. You know what? You could say he just did that so he could touch the little girl. You know, that's kind of <laughs> one of his things. He, he likes to have physical contact with a young girl. That girl's probably 16, a little old for Joe, but he just wanted to go on. He would go over and look at her eye, but he guarantees they will end fossil fuels. First of all, you, you can't do that. You just can't, but it's not going to stop them from trying everything they do. Everything is designed to hurt the fossil fuel industry to promote their friends and, 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 and make uh, more profit for their friends in the renewable industries in the solar and wind and everything and brainwash the younger generation into thinking, you know, the oil is going to be the death of us all. Quite the contrary. Oil has been a godsend. <laughs> Literally, we are living the, the greatest quality of life because of fossil fuels. And I think, uh, I, I think they're just pushing it too far. And I will say this again, this, you know, again, I'll wait a day. There'll be another new low, but, he doesn't even have any like a clear concept of what his goal is other than stop oil, stop fossil fuel. But when you tell, I, I made this point on Twitter. This is, this is Michael Scott. I mean, this is Michael Scott management style. This is the chief executive saying, you know what? Oil come uh, gas station owners, mom and pop operations. We're at war, which we're not, but we're at war. Lower your prices. Lower your prices. That's what he says. That's his solution to high prices. Ordering gas stations. I mean, is he going to order grocery stores to lower their prices of, you know, hamburger meat and and milk and cheese? I mean, just lower your prices. They're barely scraping by. And this, this, this autocrat wants them to just stop making money. That way he can brag and say, Hey, I put the price of gas is coming down a nickel. And in this, at the same time, he boasts about this federal tax holiday 18 cents per gallon. I don't know if you've done the math yet. Ironhead, some people have. The average the average consumer is going to save about $17 to $20. $17. He's boasting and bragging that he's going to bring down the price of gas by eliminating the tax for a brief time. And lots of people on both parties are against this because it's just, it's just 
gratuitous, symbolic. It's not going to save anybody any actual money. $17 total for people who drive an average amount of money, but uh, average amount of miles. But, but I do want to get to this, this comment, the blaming the gas station owners, absolutely despicable. Let's listen. The companies running gas stations and setting those prices at the pump. This is a time of war, global peril, Ukraine. These are not normal times. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you are paying for the product. Do it now. Do it today. Your customers, the American people, they need relief now. So let me summarize. Oh, just despicable. Gas station owners stop making money again. This is a, this is a man who's been making millions, tens of millions for years. As greedy as they come, we've we've certainly seen it, read about it in the uh, on the laptops. And he wants uh, hardworking gas station owners to lower their prices because we're at war. Are we at war? I'm watching that. I'm going. We're at war. Uh, uh, how are we at war? I mean, just because he is trying to protect, you know, the corrupt government of Ukraine and sending them billions of, of taxpayer money so they can turn around and buy American weapons. That doesn't mean the average idiot on the street is at war. We certainly don't feel like we're at war. And he asks a question in this press conference. I got an answer to, by the way, he, he thinks it's rhetorical. He thinks everybody's just going to go, Oh, of course, we must win. Win, Zelensky, win. I, I know I've gone over this uh, a, a bunch of times, but the man who is financing the war, that man, that empty shell of a man you just saw, that man has no interest in ending the war in Ukraine. It's infuriating. The governments, the leaders of France and Germany and Italy, they're all imploring Zelensky and Russia to have some kind of peace talks to end the carnage, end the killing. And our president makes you wonder what his motives are. Makes you wonder. Our president has no interest in ending the war. He wants to be a wartime president. He brags about being on a wartime footing. He talks about the price of gas under in, in this time of war. And you go, well, this, this been foreign wars like ongoing forever. I mean, if you, if you say, we're at war because someone 5,000 miles away is fighting over land, then we're always at war. I mean, there's a war in wherever, Ethiopia. There's a war in, I mean, Syria. We're always at war. Why Why do we have to sacrifice? People have to sacrifice. You can't go on your summer vacation. You know, maybe you can't go out to dinner because we're at war? What the hell is he talking about? He wants this, he wants to be, a wartime president, a leader in this time of great peril. And he'll just make it up if he has to. And he'll, he'll, he will keep it going. He will escalate the war because it benefits him. It's insane. I, I, we mentioned this the other day, there was a report out of uh, Eastern Ukraine that a thousand Ukrainians a day are dying a thousand while Ben Stiller is comparing, comparing biceps with Zelensky and this buffoon in the White House is talking about we all must sacrifice as a thousand people die a day. And this and we don't ever. He doesn't mention it. <clears throat> uh, you know, Tony Blinken doesn't mention it. Millie, you know, hell, Merrick Garland's over there. They don't even mention talking, negotiating, reaching a settlement, ending the killing. The real, real compassion, real, um, real decency and compassion back in the White House with this guy. But uh, let's listen to him. Ask the question and I will give you my answer. You can you can give you your anyone want to want to text us. Go ahead. Give you your answer. Let's hear him ask this this question as he is that Ukrainian flag behind him. <laughs> I mean, I say, yeah, we're at war. We're, we're you know, let's all let's all pretend we're Ukrainians. It's just nuts. Go ahead. So for all those Republicans in Congress criticizing me today for high gas prices in America, are you now saying we were wrong to support Ukraine? Are you saying we were wrong to stand up to Putin? Are you saying that we would rather have lower gas prices in America and Putin's iron fist in Europe? Okay. I don't believe that. Mr. President, can I answer? Yes. I would rather have lower gas prices 
and no war in, in Ukraine. I mean, it could end it, give Putin Donbass and, and be done with it. But he, it's just a, it's just so sick and cynical to sit there and go, you know, you, of course you're paying high gas prices. That's because we're defending freedom. First of all, there's not necessarily a connection. He's the one that shut down the pipelines and doesn't give the oil leases and, and makes uh, more regulations for these oil companies to jump to. He makes it more difficult for them to produce cheap energy for Americans. That's what he wants. We could also be producing energy for Europe. We could be exporting energy to Europe and they wouldn't have to buy it from Russia and pay for Putin's war machine. But he asked that questions of Americans. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear him say to everybody in America, would you rather have gas prices or a war in not, not, not be sending billions and billions and billions to Ukraine? My answer is I'd rather have cheaper gas prices. Uh, good luck to Ukraine. We'd support them. We'd root for them. We'd hope for the best. But we're not going to. Uh, uh, we're not going to ask every American family to sacrifice for Ukraine. At, I don't. I don't know why that makes any sense. Why that that's supposedly uh, such a popular concept. Give up your. <laughs> give up a, some of your hard-earned money, working-class Americans. You know, so we can give Ukraine more advanced weapons to escalate a war that they can't win. This this fool, and I know he doesn't believe it, even he doesn't believe it, but nobody believes it, that Ukraine's going to win. We must win. They're not going to win. They're just going to ex- drag it out. There's going to be more death, more destruction, more costs to the American people. There's not going to be a day where Ukraine declares victory. <laughs> Viva la Ukraine. We defeated uh, Mother Russia. That's not going to happen. Uh, here's a fact. Every war ends in negotiation at some level. Hell, you know, Japan eventually surrendered after uh, you know, we, we dropped the atom bombs, two of them on them. They had to sit there and uh, sign a, a surrender agreement. Every war ends in some level of negotiation. This is going to end at some point in a negotiation. Maybe Zelensky won't even be alive then, but uh, why not do it now? Why not do it now? I tell you, because it doesn't benefit that, 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 that doesn't benefit the Biden regime. They want this to go on. They want to be wartime uh, heroes here. It's just disgusting. We'll blame, we'll extend the war, we'll shut down pipelines, we'll deny leases, and we'll blame the guy that owns the, the mobile station down at the corner. Just cynical and disgusting. Oh, I had to get that off my chest, but uh, we got a lot more to get to. We got a lot more to get to, and uh, we'll be watching. I'll be waiting. There'll be another another new low, as, uh, as Biden blames. Every, have you ever seen anybody pass the buck, any president pass the buck. There's a tweet from like two years ago where he says, Trump blames everyone but himself. I'll, I'll take responsibility. He, he does the exact opposite. He blames everybody. Now blaming people who own a gas station for the price of gas. It's such a lie and a despicable, just a, a, a cynical, despicable lie. Blaming those people for what you have done, efforts you made to end the fossil fuel industry, which is not a popular uh, endeavor and uh, everybody knows it, but it's popular with uh, AOC and Ed Markey and, and Greta Thunberg. So Biden is all in. Uh, I will say this. It's not, uh, he's not, (laughs) uh, just look at the look on his face. We're looking at him right now. Just confused, you know, unable to actually uh, craft the message these people aren't just terrible at policy. They're terrible at messaging. The message never works. There's never a point. Look, he's in the background. They have this fake White House setting because the only place they could fit the, uh, the, the teleprompter with the huge letters. And in behind him is solar, uh, is wind farms. Oh, wind, wind. We're all going to live on wind. We, we have plenty of gas. We have pl- plenty of oil under the ground. We have enough oil for hundreds and hundreds of years to live comfortably, to live well. But somehow they decided the oil industry is the enemy. We needed to divide people and target somebody, blame somebody, villainize somebody. And that is the oil industry. By the way, they're coming to Washington. The oil executives, they might even, might even be today. And Biden's not going to meet with him. 
is Granholm, that fool, that absolute brainless fool, Granholm. She's going to meet with them, and his staff is going to meet with them. Joe will be uh, on the beach eating ice cream, crashing his bicycle probably in Rehoboth, while the oil executives in this time of war, the time of war, well, the guy who wants you to think we're sitting here in the middle of a time of war is heading to the beach again. Of course, it's Thursday. Maybe tomorrow he'll go for his usual four-day weekend. But do we have anything more from Biden yesterday? What else do you have? Uh, this is him talking about getting rid of cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell me how many Americans, how many people you know are on board? The goal to get rid of cars. I mean, to go back in time. Oh, yeah, we're all going to get on the subway, like being in the uh, in the New York City in the 1930s. We're all going to take the subway to work or a train Get rid of cars. I got news for you, Joe. People love their cars. They don't want to get rid of them. They have no interest in this. He thinks it's some great accomplishment uh, or some great goal. We're going to get rid of cars. Everybody's going to take the train. That's that's much less freedom. Nobody likes this idea, but somehow he thinks it's 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 a noble noble goal. Let's listen. And we're investing almost a hundred billion dollars in public transit and rail. For all the studies show that it will take millions of cars off the road and significantly reduce pollution if there's a serious transportation system available. Take millions of cars off the road. I mean, even if you live in a city, I mean, you, you like your car, you like to drive, you like to go places at your convenience, you like the freedom. Cars present freedom. Joe Biden hates freedom. He wants control. That's the goal. Thank God he's only got two and a half more years. Thank God the Congress only has five more months, six more months. It is scary. It is scary. The big, big, large, you know, goals and crusades that these people on get rid of cars, get rid of oil, get rid of oil companies, get rid of natural gas. It just, these people are frightening. I wish, you know, everyone would wake up to that and, uh, We would never have someone like this in the White House again. But there's a lot of young, you know, ideological, a lot of, you know, Ayanna Presley's and AOC's who think this is a good idea. You think uh, AOC's going to get rid of her Tesla? You think? You think think Ed Markey's going to get rid of what I'm going to guess he drives? I don't know, Range Rover. You think he's going to think John Kerry's going to get rid of his fleet of SUVs and, and luxury cars and private jets? No, absolutely zero intent of that. They just wanted you to give up your car and, you know, hit, hitchhike down to the train station to get to work every day. These are just, <sighs> anyway, anyway, we got a lot to get to. Roger Goodell asked some really important, Roger Goodell is before Congress, before Congress, under oath. <laughs> He's asked perhaps the dumbest question. It was funny. I'll give him that, uh, 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 big news about Pete Arredondo, the cowardly cop, the cowardly chief who allowed 19 kids to die because, you know, he didn't think it, he didn't want to didn't want to go. He didn't want to get hurt. You know, didn't want to get hurt. So he lied, covered up his ineptitude, his cowardice. Finally, he's been uh, placed on administrative leave. We have perhaps the dump, the best example of the, the pure idiocy of political uh, public officials and how they think out of New York city. I know some people think Eric Adams is heading to bigger things, maybe national, maybe president, maybe presidential material. I'll show you something could be the dumbest stunt that I could think from a political, from an elected official ever. And that's saying something. And uh, cops in Chicago, you know, they don't have to worry about one thing anymore, chasing criminals. They're not allowed to anymore. You're not allowed to chase criminals, man. We are just, we just have the, the worst people running things in this country. And maybe, maybe we'll finally get to our hustle review. Uh, we both saw the movie hustle and RIP Tony Saragusa. The goose is not coming down for breakfast. That is a sad story. Not surprising by the way, because he was extremely big, large, large man, but beloved by all. Tony Saragusa passed away yesterday. We'll get to all that and more. But first, 
Hey guys, are you getting up there in age and feel like you just can't get in shape anymore? It's not your fault. As men age, our body naturally loses free testosterone, the man hormone. It happens to every man and can make it more difficult to stay in shape and be energetic and active. You want more energy to counter the negative effects of aging? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, and get better results at the gym and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Nugenics Total T contains man-boosting key ingredients like Testofen. It's been validated in five clinical studies and shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. While every product professes quality, many other products use generic ingredients that are often far less than clinical grade. With Nugenics Total T, you get the same clinical potency levels used in the trials. And Nugenics formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. Don't let the aging process rob you of your energy and drive. Re-energize your life and help get back that winning edge you had in your youth. Now you can get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text Jerry to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. Absolutely free. Text Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, to 231231. Text Jerry to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at Nugenics.com slash terms. All right, they bring Roger Goodell to Washington ostensibly to talk about the Redskins. I'm sorry, the Commanders, not the Commanders uh, fight, uh, Commanders uh, not allowing uh, their employees to exercise their free speech rights. No, not not about that. It's about uh, the owner, that slimy, slime bag, Daniel Snyder, and uh, all the the problems in the front office. But uh, they bring uh, Roger Goodell in, and... I like Jim Jordan, congressman, tough guy from Ohio, former national champion wrestler. He's he's aggressive. He was supposed to be on this January 6th committee, would have made it worth watching. These hearings would have been some cross-examination, some disagreement, some debate. Nope. Nancy Pelosi kicked him off, brought in two of her little pets, uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. But... Uh, Jim Jordan was there front row center for this hearing yesterday with Goodell. Goodell's under oath. And somehow, some way, uh, Jordan thinks this is a good time to ask about Goodell's feud with Dave Portnoy. I mean, I'm sorry. Back uh, you know, <laughs> to Biden. We're at war, right? We're at war. We got inflation. We're almost in a recession. We got an open southern border. We got fentanyl killing hundreds of thousands of Americans. We have crime running rampant, violent crime in the inner city. And we're asking Roger Goodell under oath about why he doesn't like Dave Portnoy. (laughs) Just strange. But go ahead. Let's play it. Why do you ban Dave Portnoy from NFL games? Pardon me. I couldn't hear your question. Why do you ban Dave Portnoy from NFL games? He's a journalist. In fact, he's a sports journalist. Why is he banned? Uh, Congressman, I'm not familiar with that uh, issue. I'm happy to really? check with my staff. Why? I'm aware of that. Yes. Well, I think, I think we're That's all correct. aware of that. We're all aware of that. I mean, he interviewed, interviewed the President of the United States, interviewed President Trump in the White House. It seems to me if you can get into the White House, you should be able to get into a football game, particularly as a member of the press and, and a member of the sports press. You don't know anything about that? I don't, sir. Do you agree with the Washington? See that? <laughs> that is perjury right there. I know Portnoy is on a rampage on Twitter, but he's right. I mean, Goodell's flat out lying. Goodell knows very well who Portnoy is. I do have a problem with Jim Jordan calls Portnoy a journalist. I mean, it's not really relevant. He doesn't have, I mean, he's still banned for personal reasons. But does anyone think Dave Portnoy is a journalist? <laughs> uh, he's an entertainer, and he was in the White House uh, to interview Trump. When I certainly talked a lot about that because uh, Portnoy's own employees revolted because they were upset that the boss sat down with the president of the United States. That's what kind of wokesters, weasels, work for Portnoy. They stabbed him in the back because he went and talked to the president. But doesn't make him a journalist. Uh, uh, he is banned from NFL games. Uh, Goodell knows him and hates him. 
I don't think it, I, I, I don't, I don't expect there'll be any indictments on this, no charges, but that is perjury. He is lying under oath, but I guess you could say it's irrelevant. It's in, in, in to the, to the, whatever the topic, the issue, but that's a flat out lie. He knows Portnoy and he knows him well and he hates him. But again, that's good for Portnoy. Everything, everything works out Portnoy and you know, everything that happens works out the best for, for Dave Portnoy. And that's kind of how that works. He's the, uh, He's got the whatever Midas touch. It just something like this happens. Something like this happens. He gets two days out of it of, of material to talk about, to, 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 to tweet about. And uh, Goodell just looks like a fool again. Yeah, Kirk, a fool. Kirk went after him like uh, like three or four years ago at the Super Bowl. That's about, right. About I was there. I was there. Chased him and they banned Kirk for, I think, a year after that or, or forever <laughs> from Super Bowls. He'll never be invited to Radio Row, but he just, you know. Uh, put the mic in his face and asked a question and Goodell blew him off. And that's how it works. Goodell, Goodell, uh, the NFL is an awesome product. I will, I will never deny that. Yeah. But is anyone universally hated like Goodell? Does anybody like Goodell other than maybe Adam Schefter and Peter King? Does anybody like Goodell? Does anyone trust him? Does anyone believe him? I mean, he's a soulless, you know, automon. He's a, automaton, whatever. He's a, he's a robot. He's just a, he's just a bureaucrat. It's just a, bad guy we saw it throughout deflate gate he's a liar and lies without batting an eye like he just did there absolutely no no conscience no conscience at all that'd be so awesome if they indicted him for a perjury that'd be great oh federal crime facing prison for lying about dave portnoy that would just be awesome Let's hope. Let's hope. I'm not sure what why jim jordan even gives a damn but he's probably just trying to get him in a lie a lot of people like to uh, pander to uh, Barstool's audience. You know, they like that uh, the young audience, and they're aggressive, and they're and they're active on social media, and they want them to like them. You know, that's the kind of attitude you see from a lot of politicians and people in the media, and they'll they'll pander to that crowd because that means likes. You know, that means support. And uh, I, I I don't know why you even come to that. You know, let's ask about Dave Portnoy being banned from uh, NFL games. I'd be more concerned with all the people banned from social media, all the, all the, you know, Babylon bees and, 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 you know, all the people, uh, Alex Berenson's who've been banned by Twitter. Uh, But we can get to that another time. Let's hope they indict uh, Roger Goodell. Uh, I want to get to the story. This, I I don't know if anyone cares about as much as I do, but it comes with a video that uh, I'll describe if you're just listening. If you haven't seen it, I recommend Googling it. But um, well, I've talked about this in the past. I have a friend who's a Boston cop, and his job is to chase these gangs of of uh, dirt bikers and uh, ATV riders. They Some of them are stolen. Some of them are not. They're not registered. They're not legal. They don't have helmets on. They just... They just, I don't want to say they terrorize neighborhoods, but they certainly uh, create a disturbance. <clears throat> they're young, they're punks. They, they pop wheelies, they rev the engine, and they go through neighborhoods. They go through in and out traffic. And when the cops chase them, they take off. And the cops can't catch them because they're on dirt bikes and they know what they're doing. They go up alleys and side streets and they usually can't catch them. In fact, I talked to my friend, <clears throat> the cop, the other day, <clears throat> and he said that, um, uh, they, uh, they, they chase them and they can't catch them. And then they go on to Facebook or on the social media and they see where these punks boast and brag about like losing the cops and, and getting away. And they'll say where they are, you know, they'll, they'll say, yeah, we're hanging at Joey's house uh, and they'll go there. That's how they get the bikes. They don't catch them in the act of, of taking but they find them because they're so stupid. They post stuff on social media. That's, and they, and he showed me, he took out his phone. He says, here's what we do. And here's how we find out where they are. And when they, you know, take a break, when they're not on the bike, when they're stopping for a, for a break, we, we, we bust them. And I always wondered this. I never, I never asked when you catch them, what do you do with the bikes? I assumed they auctioned them off, you know, or they found the rightful owner and gave them back. These are perfectly good bikes, perfectly good ATVs. Um, you, you, you find the rightful owner. It's somebody who does trail riding up New Hampshire or something. And you give them the bike back or you auction it off. And it's not some gang banger who buys it. It's some guy who wants to have a dirt bike or an ATV for 
for recreational reasons. You auction it off, the city makes some money, just like you do with stolen cars. That's what I assumed. Well, not in New York City. They come up with a new solution. And I'm just going to say, people were so wrong about Eric Adams when he ran. Eric Adams was viewed as some kind of law and order guy because he was a cop. And he presents himself well, dresses well, but he's a buffoon. He is an absolute buffoon. He's, uh, you know, a radical left winger. He, he'll get reelected. He'll be mayor for whatever, uh, as many terms as he wants. Although they have term limits. I'm not sure how long he'll be mayor for. But uh, uh, he, he put on a show yesterday with stolen bikes and ATVs. Here's the uh, picture. You have, I'm going to say, a couple of hundred, couple of hundred Easy. functioning, working dirt bikes and ATVs. And I think some scooters, which breaks my heart because I'm a big scooter guy. Perfectly good. Running. These, you couldn't right there auction this off. 200 dirt bikes if you got, you know, a couple of grand for each one. You're talking, you know, half a million bucks for the city like that. Like that. But that doesn't fit into the narrative. That doesn't fit into this political theater that Eric Adams wants to create. So he's got the media in this picture. You can see them all. They're taking pictures and they got the notebooks and the cameras. And he is, you know, leading this stunt, this ridiculous charade and bragging that they're going to destroy a couple of hundred perfectly good dirt bikes and ATVs. And on time to make it even more absurd, he waves the checkered flag, which means, what does that mean? The end of the race? Usually the end. Yeah. The end of the race. So he's, he actually got some, one of his handlers or one of the hack assistants got a flag from like a racetrack to wave like this is the end of the race but let's watch and listen to this this clown <laughs> waving the flag and then they fire up the bulldozer and the bulldozer it's like a monster truck show the bulldozer goes forward there's so many bikes there oh my god and then just destroys them I was under the understanding that the people riding these bikes didn't buy them at the store, don't have like a bill of sale. They stole them. Right. You know? So why are these bikes not going back to the rightful owner? And again, if it's if they can't find the rightful owner, why are they not auctioning them off? You really think the gangbangers are gonna go to the auction and buy them back? The chances are you see, oh man, look at that bike. Perfectly good bike. Just destroyed. Are you telling me nobody in Eric Adams' office said, hey, uh, Mr. Mayor, this is, this is a really, really dumb idea. This is a really stupid, silly idea. Nobody mentioned that? Does he go back again for round two? It looks like he backs up to go back, yeah. It does. He looks like he's going to go like a second row of bikes and ATVs, perfectly good, functioning bikes. And then Adams stands before the crowd with a bunch of cops and brags like this is some great accomplishment. Can we listen to, to Adams? Dirt bikes and uh, ATVs, they are not only a nuisance and an annoyance uh, to us, uh, but they're extremely dangerous. And we know that. We see them all the time and we hear them all times at night. We see the large numbers that are moving throughout our street, and we want to be clear that uh, this is not acceptable. Amazing. They're, they're loud and they're disturbing. They're legal vehicles. They're made. They're assembled. They're sold. You're not supposed to drive them unregistered in the city, but, I mean, it's like crushing. What if they get, I mean, I assume they recover stolen cars all the time, right? Right. What if you find a perfectly functional stolen car? Do you crush it? <laughs> or, do you, or do you auction it off? Or do you find the rightful owner and give it back? A boats. I mean, well, you find stolen boats. Do you just crush them and what, sink them? God, this is idiotic. I don't know why. I, I, I watched this on a couple of news shows, and they weren't mocking this fool. They were talking about, oh, this is what happens when you get caught with a bike. Like, so you get caught with something stolen and they destroy the stolen property. So if someone's like shoplifting and they steal a bunch of whatever, you know, clothes out of TJ Maxx, where they go like burn them. 
What sense does that make? Which brings me to you and I see think when this, people steal dogs, it's real gross. Yeah, you know, someone steals a you know prize French poodle, French bulldog. What do you go? Shoot it in the head? You know what are you gonna club it with a bat? Say, oh, they're not gonna steal that dog again. I wonder if any of the rightful owners of these bikes and so watch this and say, hey, that looks like mine. What are they doing? He is scary. This, this, I mean, he's because he's all about theater. It's all about looks. It's all about optics. And he thinks this is a good optic. I wonder what those cops, those high ranking cops standing behind him, are they saying, uh, uh, Eric, uh, Mr. Mayor, I, this is really not the best idea. You know, we're all strapped for cash, all cities, all towns in this during the Biden uh, recession. You might want to auction these off and, you know, do something with the money. Could it you know, build a playground with the money? Wait, just so someone has to take those crushed bikes and do what with them? What do they do with them? Bury them? <laughs> you think you could at least like take parts off and reuse them or something. Throw, I mean, were they all full of gas, by the way? That's a lot of money. They all have gas tanks with uh, you know actual fuel in them. What a weird, what a weird stunt. But and this next one is related, but I think there's more of a room for debate here. This, what Adams did is just idiotic. We all have to agree on that. But in Uvalde, a couple of updates here in Uvalde, the, uh, the leader, the coward in chief, the, the leader of this band of, of pathetic, sad, sorry excuses for police officers, uh, Pete Arredondo was finally placed on an administrative leave. Now, let me check. Uh, tomorrow will be one month. One month since 19 children were slaughtered, two teachers were slaughtered. This clown was going to work oh, I every look at, day. I look at it as been one month since you got bumped off Tucker, but that's just me. One month. That's true. I always remember the day I was uh, getting dressed, getting ready <laughs> to head over to do Tucker and... Uh, <laughs> Except I, I just feel uncomfortable even <laughs> discussing it. Like, don't you feel bad for me? <laughs> oh, well, you know, I, I was bumped, but um, Pete Arredondo was not. He kept going to work, double dipping. He was the chief of the uh, school police. He won a seat on the city council. He quietly got sworn in to the city council. The city council denied his request for a leave of absence. I'm not sure what that means. I guess it means he has to quit. Everyone knows eventually he's going to quit. I mean, unless you could be a city councilor from prison where he's going. But uh, I think a lot of people woke up to, to the situation yesterday. They saw the quotes. They heard the sound. They saw the photos, the long guns. They realized not only was he the coward who didn't want to go in and, you know, risk his life or risk the lives of his police officers to save children, but then he covered it up and lied about it over and over again. It's the ultimate in not just cowardice, but incompetence, negligence. I mean, he does it's not administrative leaves the first step. We're hoping any day now he gets arrested, gets fired, gets, gets charged, gets convicted, goes to prison where he belongs. Belong. He could probably use it too, by the way. He could lose a little uh, time away from, uh, I don't know, Burger King, but he is uh, off the job, but they're also taking this drastic measure. They're destroying the school. I'm like for it. I'm for it. Demolishing the school, a perfectly good building. They're destroying it because, and, and by the way, not only is the building, um, you know, good for a school or whatever, you're going to use it for something else, make it a town offices or something, but the back door works. They just didn't shut it. The back door would have locked, but they didn't shut it. So it's not like the school is, that the design of the school is like uh, uh, antiquated and is one of the reasons for the massacre. The school was fine. The school was fine. The cops were there in three minutes. The door should have been shut. It was just, uh, uh, you know, malfeasance on the part of human beings, not the school. So, Rather than giving it to summer off and cleaning it up, and I assume you'd make those two classrooms into something else, hell, make, close them up. Don't use those classrooms anymore. But this was a pretty big school. It had 600 kids. You're actually going to tear down a perfectly good school because a, a violent crime, a, 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 an evil bastard went in there and murdered kids. You're going to destroy the building and what? 
put a memorial there. I would that's, destroy it. That's just uh, I would if I was I wouldn't want my kids go in there and I wouldn't want to go not, there if I not? was a I don't know. It's just fucking it clearly, for, for, it clearly first doesn't of all, work. I wouldn't put little kids back in there. I'd make it a high school or make it something else or again, make it town offices. Hell, sell it. Someone can make a you know something else out of it. But the, it's not the building. The building didn't do this. No, You're going to tear down the building. It's like destroying the, the, the dirt bikes. <laughs> it's still a perfectly good building. My idea is, again, if you want some memorial, you have it in that classroom. You remember you forever the cowardice of the Uvalde Police Department. We can't forget that. Uh, hopefully, these cops will all be fired. These cowards will all be fired. Some of them will go to jail. But you have a memorial in that classroom, but the School's big. I mean, you gotta have all. You gotta have like working bathrooms in the gym, and you're just gonna take a wrecking ball to them because of one psycho and a bunch of cowardly cops. It doesn't seem to make any sense to me, but it's gonna happen. And uh, I guess they'll put some kind of memorial there, and then they'll start building another school somewhere else. And the new school should be named after the two teachers. I think that's a good solution. Uh, you could. Uh, my solution is keep the school, change the name. Name it after the two teachers who died trying to save their kids while the cops cowered in the hallway, including the wife of one of the cops who was shot, bleeding out, called her husband. Her husband tried to go save her, and the cops detained him and took his weapon. <sighs> that cop, that teacher deserves you know, to be honored in eternity. My solution is keep the school, destroy the police station. You don't like that one? Take a wrecking I'm, ball to the Uvalde, Uvalde police station. I'm all for that. Name all the bathrooms after Arredondo. Do something. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know that Arredondo's got anybody on his side anymore. I think it's uh, it's going to get uh, ugly as he tries to, you know, profess his, his innocence for whatever. I mean, I guess he'll say, you know, we thought it was a hostage situation. We didn't know. Whatever. We're confused. But we, he's already been caught in dozens of lies. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, yes. that's a fine excuse for uh, maybe, maybe 10 minutes. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, not working. Not working. That's why he's on administrative leave. That's why the yeah, head of the public safety, Texas public safety, that's why he blasted him and said it was just abject failure. It wasn't just failure. It wasn't a mistake. It was cowardice. He flat, he, he flat out says it on the phone call that he didn't want any cop to get hurt. Cops who work in body armor with shields, helmets, and, and, and AR-15s were afraid to get hurt as, you know, eight-year-old kids are under their desk awaiting execution. I think it'll be remembered forever as a failure on many levels, but mostly on the part of the Uvalde police and this pathetic chief. So that's the way it's going to be remembered as well. It should be. I got another. I got another law enforcement story we got to get to. Uh, uh, but let me do... Uh, let me do our next spot, and then we'll get to this. And uh, R.I.P. Tony Saragusa, and you and I will give you uh, reviews of uh, Adam Sandler's latest Hustle, uh, which I have. There's one great, one great flaw, and it's not the fact that the player got to wear a retired Celtic number. That didn't bother me at all. But I'll tell you what did. All right, let's talk about Radix. Radix Premium Cannabis was started by three lifelong friends and cannabis connoisseurs out of Texas. And they're a nationwide leader in the cannabis industry, offering only the very best products. Cannabis is one of the oldest medicines known to man and has been exploding in popularity in recent years with increased use of federally legal CBD and Delta 8 products. No matter what you aim to do with cannabis, Radix is your remedy. Their premium hemp is grown organically in the U.S. And their CBD uses the most advanced technology for maximum effectiveness. If it's on Radix's site, it's better than the rest. Their hottest items are THC gummies. These are a great tasting way to enhance your recreation time, reduce anxiety, increase your appetite, or all of the above. They also carry Sleepy Bears, which are delicious and effective sleep aid gummies infused with melatonin. Another popular item, Delta 8 vapes, which don't clog like most of the vapes, and they work fantastically. Additional products Radix offers include topicals, edibles, dry herb, and cannabis-enhanced nootropics. All of their products can be purchased as multi-subscriptions at reduced rates. Get 15% off and free shipping on orders of $35 or above with promo code JERRY at RadixRemedies.com. Check them out and take advantage of the special offer we've secured just for our listeners. And remember, Radix, your remedy. 
All right, let's get to uh, our uh, review of. Uh, uh, well, we got the. I was going to mention Chris Russo. I don't want to because the sound just takes forever. But Chris Russo went on Howard Stern and said that when he goes on first take with Stephen A. Smith, once a week, he makes $10,000 a show. He's contracted to do 40 shows a year, $400,000 to pay Chris Russo to go on ESPN and rant incoherently, just babble incoherently, yell, rant say crazy Chris Russo things 400,000 for two hours a week. <laughs> it just, oh, it's a good gig. And I can't, and I'm, you know, I'll, I like him. He's a good guy and he's an old white guy. And I didn't think ESPN hired old white guys. I thought there was a policy against it, but they hired Chris Russo to work once a week on some show in the middle of the day and argue, pretend to argue with Stephen A. Smith for 400 grand a year. Of course, Stephen A makes $13 million a year to rant incoherently. So it's a good gig if you can get it. I, I'll do Shay and then we'll do, uh, we'll say goodbye to Tony Saragusa and give you our uh, hustle review. Shay Concrete, you know what they can do for you? you know, this summer, you got to do a summer home improvement project. I got one for you. New precast concrete steps, whether you're building a new home or you're remodeling an old one. Shay has great values on precast concrete steps with designs that will fit your home. There are many options available, including concrete, but you can also customize with beautiful stone or brick. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your, your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the envy of the neighborhood. They remove the old steps, bring in new steps within hours. You got a whole new look and your house is looks better and is worth more. This isn't just an, uh, this isn't an expense. This is an investment, an upgrade in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll have a brand new front entrance and you will love it. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com. Also at SheaConcrete.com, you got to look for a job, a good one. Shea is hiring. They're always hiring. The business is good. It is booming. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. I, I didn't, I'm, I'm sure I met Tony Saragusa at some point, but I don't remember. Uh, but he was, you know, full of life. Super Bowls, he'd just command the whole room. He used to go on, on, uh, uh, on my old radio station, go on the afternoons with Ordway. And he was always funny, always entertaining friend of all those big, loud, fun guys like, you know, Diossi and Smurlis. And as you see, now that he passed away at age 55 and I know a lot of people are writing about this, but nobody's reporting yet his cause of death. Are they, have you seen a cause of death? Cause I have not. Do we, do we need to see one? <laughs> yes. I need to see one. I assume it's going to be heart issue or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I guess, I don't know, but the other kid, the 26-year-old Baltimore Raven who died suddenly, uh, what was his name, Ferguson? I didn't oh, know yeah. much about him, linebacker. He he died mysteriously, and uh, we're waiting on that cause of death, and all the anti-vaxxers on Twitter are just licking their chops, hoping that he, you know, just get vaccinated because that uh, is not good for the heart of some young people. And uh but we'll wait. I don't want to, um, we'll wait and see how he died or see how Saragusa died. But I mean, let's be honest. He was a morbidly obese man and he didn't, as far as I know, when he retired, he didn't go the way of um, Jeff Saturday or Matt Burke. Some of these guys, they retire and boom, they trim right down and they lose all that weight they needed to, to play football. He was just a naturally big man who let himself go. And I guess, Cause of death will be obesity in some level, some reason that it didn't, you know, his, his heart was, his heart gave out, but man, was he universally beloved. I just retweeted Ed Norton, you know, made a movie with him, Ed Norton, the actor, and he's just writing how awesome, how awesome Saragusa was, Ray Lewis, you name it. Everybody loved um, uh, Saragusa. He was just extremely popular guy. Uh, um, the thing where he did report on the sideline, I, I made fun of it many times because it was kind of weird when he'd just be hanging in the end zone. And I'm not sure why they ended that. I guess it 
didn't quite work, but I mean, it wasn't his fault. They threw him down the end zone. They said, you know, talk, you know, like you're a fan, just a regular guy in the crowd. He did his best, but Ed Norton says, so sad to hear the news that we've lost. Tony Saragusa, so many laughs on 25th hour of the Spike Lee movie says goose always putting me and Spike Lee on the floor with his stories. He said, fellas, I hope you know what you're doing here. Cause I sure don't, but who, could live who else could deliver that much lovable muscle lovable muscle i'd say lovable uh girth but ray lewis you name it teammates coaches fans everybody like saragusa and uh, everybody is pretty bummed out that uh, that he's gone i used to laugh he'd make fun of pete shepherd on the radio and just mock him and he just just a, a funny naturally funny uh, gregarious guy uh but uh so long to Tony Saragusa. All right. You love the movie Hustle. It was okay. It wasn't bad. I liked it. I like Adam Sandler. I didn't used to like Adam Sandler, but I like him now that I understand him. Adam Sandler does what Adam Sandler wants to do. He made Longest Yard because he wanted to play, you know, Paul Crew. He wanted to play the the old Burt Reynolds line It's uh, role. It seemed kind of ridiculous that this, uh, you know, whatever he is, five foot, ten-ish, you know, Jewish guy from Manchester, New Hampshire, was the NFL MVP. It, that worked with uh, it worked with uh, Burt Reynolds. It didn't quite work with Adam Sandler, but he had a good time. He had a good time. He wanted to make the movie. He put all his friends in it like he often does. And it wasn't bad. I love Longest Yard. It wasn't as good as the original, but it was it was okay. And he makes Grown Ups, those movies, The Grown Ups, so he can hang out with his friends. He's, his movies have grossed like four and a half billion dollars. So he's made it. He's made a fortune. He's done a great, had a great career. And I get the sense now he does, you know, what he wants to do. And he loves basketball. He loves shooting hoops. He loves pickup basketball. So essentially he, had a, he made a movie about pickup basketball called Hustle. And it works for him because he looks like some kind of hag, tired, worn out NBA scout. That's what he plays. Traveling the world looking for talent. That's what he is. And he becomes a coach briefly, uh, an assistant coach. But he, he played college ball in the movie at Temple which fine. Um, but he just, he looks and seems like he could be an NBA scout that works. And he puts a bunch of NBA players and coaches and broadcasters in the movie. And hell, Kenny Smith is a co-star in the movie. gets a lot of FaceTime. They did really good too. I don't think he puts any of his friends, any of his buddies. I didn't I, I I'm not sure it would have worked to have David Spade as like a power forward for the <laughs> Philly Love for 76ers. Nah, or, so. you know, Kevin James playing point guard, yeah. you know, for the Orlando Magic. So he didn't put his friends in this one, but he did put his love of basketball. You know, that's what comes through in the movie, just his love of basketball and the whole process and scouting talent. And it it was okay. It was I'd give it a B, you know, B. It was it was entertaining but there's two flaws one i didn't care about because the the player that's the main player in this the main you know ends up i shouldn't i'm not i don't think i'm giving anything away but somebody in the movie ends up playing for the celtics and wearing number 22 first thing uh, i noticed too dan shaughnessy didn't like that because 22's retired and you can't uh uh, unretire number but but so what it's just it didn't bother me what did i don't say bother me what didn't work was the casting of Adam Sandler's wife is it's Queen Latifah. <laughs> Queen Latifah is supposed to be his wife. I, I was watching it for like 10 minutes. I said, wait, that's his wife. It just seems like a weird, I mean, she's Queen Latifah and he's Adam Sandler. It just seemed like a strange pairing. Uh, it didn't, didn't ruin the movie. Didn't just wreck it for me. It wasn't like kind of, you know, casting. Uh, it wasn't like really awkward. Like, uh, you know, like Vince Vaughn in in Hacksaw Ridge is, you know, shooting a machine gun and, you know, killing the Japanese on Iwo Jima. That was a little weird. But in this casting, she just doesn't work, doesn't work as his wife. But I will say this. I want to meet Queen Latifah's agent because she is the, that's the greatest agent ever. No kidding. The equalizer? You ever She's seen the that? Equalizer. <laughs> She's the equalizer. A road, uh, uh, the road, a role made for Denzel Washington, a badass vigilante. And somebody decided when they were going to make the TV version, we need another, you know, Denzel's not going to do it. Who do we get? I know, Queen Latifah. What? <laughs> How did they get from Denzel to Queen Latifah? 
Um, and here, here's, if I'm Adam Sandler, maybe, you know, I, maybe he thought it worked, but he made the movie Click. You remember who his wife was in Click? I don't. I do remember who it was in. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't ask you that. In Click, his wife is Kate Beckinsale, perhaps the most stunning, yeah. beautiful, middle-aged woman in Hollywood. That's a good choice if you're Adam Sandler. It doesn't work. She's much too nice for him. Like, much too hot for him. But, you know, I understand why Sandler picked her. But he picked Queen Latifah and you're just going, that's, and he's rubbing her feet, that scene where he's giving her a foot massage. Yeah. It's just a little weird. Just a little weird. But everyone else, you know, I thought they had all the players. They were all, Anthony Edwards is the big, has the big role. He plays a total a-hole. And, uh, you know, the, the, the star, the guy from, I don't remember, what country is he from? Belarus? Yeah, uh, no, Spain, Spain, from Spain. Yeah, that guy with the tats, the star of the thing. He was good, good movie, yeah. but weird, weird casting. No, uh, his uh, his wife in um, Grown Ups was Selma Hayek. Oh yeah, he usually picks super hot wives. She's so I'll, great. She's awesome. I'll say this. I'll say this. That doesn't work either. That no. doesn't. Feel, that doesn't feel like Sandler's wife either. Like Kate, Kate Beckinsale. It's just you. Just I guess some guys marry up, get lucky, but. Uh, I forget what Sandler's wife looks like in real life, but I, th- I don't think I don't think she's one of those not like supermodel types. He just seems like such a normal, regular guy. Sixty Minutes did a special where they went up to his childhood home in Manchester and hung out in his place. He hung out and the story worked out and everything. And everyone just says just a regular, normal guy. I mean, he moved to New York and became a Yankee fan, but. He still, he, he pulls it off. I thought it was pretty, and it's big budget too. Didn't you think that movie was big budget? They had a lot of different, they traveled all over the place. Yeah. They had a lot of stars, a lot of players. It's good. For Hoop fans, it's good. Not great, but anyway. I mean, we the evolution of Selma Hayek this, is oh, unreal. Was, <laughs> yeah, which, when was Grown Ups made? Like five, seven years ago? So, yeah, yeah. Like 2017-ish. I got to say, if I were him, I would cast her as my wife too yeah, just me too. <laughs> just to pretend I have a few you know sessions in there where you're making love we we, we kiss a lot in this movie <laughs> instead he's instead he's giving queen latifah a foot massage between you know queen latifah sitting there killing people in equalizer and then playing absent she's got a great agent a great agent I i'll didn't, say that i didn't mind her so much in the movie she wasn't in it enough to really no, it didn't. It didn't. It just seemed like a weird casting. But you know, it was. It, it was funny because they had their their kid in the movie looked exactly like I would picture their kid, and they were just making fun of it, which is funny. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. It's good, and it's, but doesn't have it doesn't have any like killings or anything. So I didn't feel right. I, I want to go back to John Wick. I'm going to go watch John Wick four this weekend. So count how many people he kills. <laughs> Equalizer anyway, on top it next anyway, week. Anyway, we're going to leave it there. What, anything else? What I miss? I know I had a lot on the list, but. Um, just basically, Brooks going to um, live. Oh, yeah, somewhere. Brooks. Uh, that's true. Uh, uh, Rory McElroy has become the face of the tour now, and the spokesman for the tour called Brooks Kep got duplicitous. This is all setting up for a great rivalry. L- live versus PGA, slugging it out every week, fighting for TV ratings, for eyeballs, for for revenue and the PGA is whining because the live tour has bottomless pit of money. But Hey, no one said it'd be fair. You know, sometimes you get to play it as it lies. This game is not fair, but I'm looking forward to this week in Hartford next week at pumpkin Ridge. To see the live guys go again without commercials. <laughs> the Saudis don't need commercials. That's uh, that's one big advantage they have, but. No one's jumped since last we spoke. Just Brooks. Brooks, and we're not surprised. Brooks is a mercenary, a soulless mercenary. I noticed Portnoy hates him. I don't know what happened with that. Weren't they friends? They were supposed to do, um, uh, a, like, a. he was, Brooks said he would beat Portnoy playing lefty in golf, and they were supposed oh, yeah. to, they were supposed to do that, and then he claimed he got hurt, and then instead of rescheduling it, he went and did the match with Bryson and never reached out. To reschedule. Oh, so he's on Portnoy's enemies list now. Yeah, uh, he would have killed him lefty. He would have killed. I've seen these guys swing lefty. Dustin Johnson swings lefty, and it looks as good as he does. He's righty him almost. I mean, these guys can do that. They they are amazing. But he'd have smoked them. But anyway, uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that, and uh, we'll uh, locals tomorrow. 
we will be prepared for a days of rage. The, any day now, any minute now, the Supreme Court is going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Then the Biden shock troops are going to hit the streets. There will be violence. There will be rioting. There will be fires. Not no crimes. There'll be no one will go to jail or anything because these are they're, they're with the regime. They're not going to have red hats on, so they'll be cool. But it's coming. We'll be watching it. We'll be following it, and uh, we will uh, keep. Uh, keep you updated on the days of rage. I would think it's more like nights of rage coming, but that's going to get ugly. We'll, uh, we'll be back tomorrow only on locals. Don't forget only on locals. Sign up, join us. Callahan show.locals.com. Callahan.locals.com. Callahan.locals.com. Log on, join us uh, every Friday, just for, uh, just for our favorite subscribers. Uh, but we'll leave it there for today. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we'll be back tomorrow morning only on Locals. Night, shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. The Mass GOP stands on the side of the taxpayer, on the side of parents, and on the side of law enforcement. If your priorities align with ours, we need you to get out and vote Republican. Go to massgop.org to learn more, get involved, or make a contribution. In these tough economic times, rely on 1AAuto.com. Save money and empower yourself. In good times and bad, get great prices. Watch 1A Auto's massive library of free how-to videos. Fix it yourself easy and fast with 1AAuto.com.